Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Signal Fire Radio, a show where a bunch of military veterans get together and we destroy the villainous philosophy of self-doubt by having encouraging conversations designed to feed your mind, strengthen your body, enrich your spirit, and grow your tribe. I am your co-host, Rob Renz. I'm joined by my other co-host, Brandon Pettyjohn. Hey. And for those of you that are Signal Fire OGs, you're noticing that there is a missing person right now. Matt, Matt's on vacation. Yeah. And so he's not here for, I think, maybe the first time ever. The first episode out of, like, I, we got to be approaching our century mark. Matt is not here, Brandon. He deserves it. Yeah? yeah? You think he deserves a little break? I think everybody deserves a little break. You know, even... Uh even even the guys that got to steer the ship. That's going to be a great. That's going to be a great uh, topic of our conversation today. Because I've been a freaking ball of nerves, and so one of the like today, yesterday, there's just a lot coming at me all at once. Um, and so one of our topics of discussion today is going to be how to remain zen in the information yep. overload era. But before we get to that, there you were in Charleston last weekend. For, I was. For a BJJ competition. Yes. And I, I got some news on the Instagram that you fared pretty well. On the no gi. That's You wanted right. to do a little bit better in the gi. But give, give people yeah. an update because we're getting more Brazilian jiu-jitsu followers on Instagram. So we're just going to give the people what they want. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my voice is raspy. I'm pretty sure I had permanent damage done to my somebody, thoracal region. Somebody gets you in a rear naked or something? No, it was like a... It was a I don't remember what it was like. It was a weird choke I was trying to fend off, and it just sucked for a second. But I didn't didn't tap because no you know we don't tap around here. Nope. Uh, no, but Nagi, uh, I lost in the quarterfinals, so I did not place. But the next day in the Nogi, um, I ended up taking gold, and I got to avenge my loss in the Nogi against that guy. Oh, so um, you same guy you rolled with? Same guy that who beat, beat me. you in the quarterfinals? Yep. What did he get you on the quarterfinals with? Uh, he passed my guard and yeah. just stalled out, so beat me by points. Yeah, so he beat me three to so zero. So he didn't he didn't beat you, beat you. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, here comes the excuse train. <laughs> but uh, you know, I did bump up, so I, I went to super heavy. Okay, so I was giving up about fifteen pounds. Wow, that's a that's um, a chunk of weight. Yeah, there's a one of the one of my teammates was at heavyweight and didn't want to like go against each other and. I'm thicker, so I said I'll just do it. Yeah, and because um, I, was, I wasn't gonna go down. No, will you do it again? Will you? So um, I'm actually gonna stay at heavy. I think I'm gonna compete in Orlando in uh, June, and then um, I think for Worlds I'm gonna go down to 195. Ooh, get lean. Get lean. Get under 200. Under. Yeah, you gotta be two something to do something, but every <laughs> once in a while, you know, just 195 gets you there, yeah, yeah, right? And then adjust for inflation. Exactly. You did say, dude, and now I'm hearing it because I didn't hear it at first. You did say after the first episode that you did, you're like, bro, I hate my voice. Right now, you're sounding a little bit. You sound cool. a little bit different. Yeah. You yeah. know, maybe it changes your whole perspective on how you sound. Maybe I need to put the cowboy hat back. Yeah. <laughs> Where is the cowboy hat? Oh, uh, it's sitting at home. You All know, right. I took it to Charleston. That was, I, I told, I told my friends, uh, I told my wife, I said, look, I, I manifested this. When I bought the cowboy hat, I envisioned not only making it like my personal gimmick, but I was like, hey, I'm only one gold. <laughs> And I'm going to take a picture, and I did, and it looked cool, all right, you know? It did look cool. I loved it on the Instagram. But you got a Port City attorney hat on today. Some I do. New, some yeah. new swaggle. Some new swaggle. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, every single day you wake up, you make a conscious decision to wear a brand. Mm. So you might as well wear your brand. 
or the brand of somebody that you support and love. You got the VBC I shirt got the on. VBC on. We yep. love I, VBC. I was going to give a sponsor shout out to VBC today that this episode is brought to you by the Veterans Business Collective. And we are growing immensely. Can you believe the last? I don't think we've had an episode since the last VBC meeting where we had no. the four-star admiral come in. Yeah. There was sailors and Navy whites all over the place, which it felt really cool to me. Um, to have some active duty, that many active duty personnel in uniform at a VBC, we haven't done that yet. What was no, your cool. What was your experience on it? Yeah, no, I really liked it. Um, you know, we always have active duty members coming to you know drop in and see what it's like, see what it's all about. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see them in uniform, to see you know the higher ups getting involved and talking about it. Yeah. Um, he was definitely pitching his own. He was. What did he you was like? What did you think about that? He was like, "Don't get out of the Navy yeah. unless you're really, really, really ready." Like he was really focused on retention, which I appreciate. Recruiting yeah. numbers are down, right? Um, so military has to offset that by keeping their people. But you picked up on that too. Yeah, you know he he you know they have to like you said retention's important and the numbers are really bad from what I understand right now with retention and so. He's got to make his pitch, but I really wish that he would have focused on the um, how good everyone has done in that room and, yeah. and what kind of resources they can provide instead of keep – he kept saying, well, the Navy's really good, do you really, really good. Do you think it's kind of hard for guys that are still on active duty like him, uh, irrespective of their rank, to really be able to do what you just said there, to really like focus on – to know from what it's like to be a veteran and what veteran success looks mm -hmm. like. Do you Absolutely, yeah. I think that, you know, like you said, irrespective of rank, but, but rank especially, somebody that's been in you know, on their third enlistment, I think has no concept of veteran culture. Right. You know? And so it is different. it's different. Yeah. It is absolutely. super, super different. Yeah. What, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think the military has a recruiting problem for sure. Um, and so they're smart to be focusing on retention. Uh, you know, I wonder what they're doing outside of, like, giving the rah-rah speech to, to sure. maintain retention. I mean, it was signing bonuses back in our day, or re-enlistment bonuses, I should say, yeah. back in our day, um, which was great if you could get a re-enlistment while you were in theater. Like, yeah. hell yeah, this baby about to be tax-free. Right. Um, but I don't know. Do, like... I struggle with understanding, and it's probably the same in reverse. Like, they have, they struggle understanding veteran culture. I really struggle with understanding what it's like to be an active duty service member in today's time. Like, what it's like to be 2023, e even as, a, as if you're in a first enlistment, 18 to 22, or like some of the guys that I know and I know that you know that you were probably in with, 03, 04, 07, 08, 09, 10, and there – that are still in that are just getting out. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> I've forgotten everything about what it's like to be in the military. So, you know, like, from that perspective, what's the pitch that you make to active duty people today? Is it money? Are they still money-driven? Because I know that's very important. Or is it esprit de corps? Or is it, you know, more development opportunities, different schools and stuff that you can go to? Like, right. I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm not sure what the what the hook is. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize, um, at least when I was a, you know, a young, young Lance Cooley, how little time was focused or, or how much how how little the Marine Corps focused on families. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm older and have a family, yeah, I, I would 
if I was in a position where I was trying to retain people, you'd make people happier. You take care of them. You incorporate their families and you know, you pay them more. Yeah. Um, cause I mean, if you're an E4 and you got two kids and a wife who doesn't work, you're, you know, I knew guys that were on food stamps. <laughs> Dude, I have absolutely no idea how in today's world, an NCO with a family, if, especially if it's a one income family, right? how that would be possible. Even yeah. if you live on base and you take advantage of all the purchasing opportunities on base, like that dollar goes quick, man. It does. Real quick yeah, today. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think, and I think that, you know, it, that kind of plays into you know, just wanting to, it's not just wanting to show up and do something you want to, if you want to better yourself, you got to look at options, uh, whether it's growth within the organization or growth outside the organization. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not always going to be for everybody to, to stay within that organization. So I think that the higher ups especially need to support a successful transition because how people transition out and how they do outside of the Navy or the Marine Corps, or the army, or the air force, um, is going to play a role in how how people view it and whether or not they want to join. Right. You know. Right. Oh yeah, quality of life post service is a great recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is part of what you know, like, kind of worries me about the twenty two a day or the way that pop culture kind of portrays veterans, either in like one of two camps, like it's a homeless guy who needs help, or it's this, you know. Um, Jack Reacher type of character right. who just does these amazing feats that are totally impossible sure. for pretty much everybody. But like, like we have to own that narrative, the regular people like us and say, no, we're very, very middle of the road. Yep. Life gets hard sometimes, but you know, we work on it and we work on it and we work on it and be able to send that message out into the ether. You know, part of the reason why we do this show to show, you know, this is actually what it looks like. It's yeah. it's right down the middle. Yeah. And you know what? I've and I'm going to just a smidge of a rant on that. Okay, rant, baby. Um, I have been an opponent of the 22 a day slogan for as quite have some I, time. dude. As it have is, I. It is misleading, and there's a reason why, right? So, VA statistics show, and they've shown for the past seven or eight years that it's about 18 a day. So, first, right off the bat, even if those statistics are skewed, we should be celebrating the fact that mm -hmm. there's lower uh, suicide rates within the veteran community. But the real reason why 22 a day persists is because these major corporations and businesses are financially invested right. in 22 a day and they have trademarks on 22 or none 22 a day you know all these little 22 spinoffs and so the reason why we still go with the 22 is because there's financial incentives is there not is there not something that like uh legally that could be done about that to because i hate dude and we're seeing it it's so pervasive in our culture and it's just it's divisive period mm -hmm. um whether it's the Bud Light situation or this or, you know, um, the, the, there were just like in the past two or three years, there's been a lot of marketing campaigns sure. that affix themselves to sometimes well-meaning um, causes, but they do it, I believe, purely from a, a place of self-interest or, oh, yeah. or corporate interest. Um, and then we see it, you know, it's always on the back end. They're always like ripe with fraud and corruption and waste and abuse and all those things. Like what's the legal ability for 
the veterans of the United States of America to come together and go, no, we want you to start telling the truth about this and separate it, your financial interest from it, to start telling the damn truth about what's really happening out there and why. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I don't, I don't know any, I don't know anything about the laws when it comes to like false advertising or anything like that. And, you know, with that kind of data, you you don't have to reveal your source. And so you're kind of just like, oh yeah, it's just what I heard. And that's what we're reporting on. You know what I mean? And Mm so, um, but it goes back to what you said a couple episodes ago in that, you know, with the SB3 talk, it's like corporations and people get used, um, for whatever the agenda is for the, of the day, you know, yeah. like, uh, our local representatives really like us when they're trying to get something passed. Right. And then they just forget about us. And same thing with, con- you know, Congress and, and all these other things. And so I, I see some similarities there. Um, you know, just like you said, it, even if you skew the numbers, you're, you're using somebody or something to, yeah. to better yourself. And you know what? Hey, you know, we live in a, you know, in a society where, that works out for the better sometimes, doesn't, and, you know, hey, we'll figure it out. But, yeah, it just, it just kind of grinds my gears. Grinds my gears, little Peter Griffin call out. Yeah. It's, I think it's right to, um, and I never, you opened my eyes to that perspective just now that the 22 a day has become, has become, there's financial incentive for people to maintain that mm-hmm. as a talking point. Right. Um. And, you know, just to kind of tie it back to what we were saying with VBC and having Admiral Cottle there and, and the Navy and whatnot, um, and like being able to, to tell the veteran story, like I think that if, so let's say I'm an 18 year old kid, I'm a nephew, John Michael, who's getting ready to leave for Navy boot camp in who June. Who yeah? Who yeah, whatever they say in the Navy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, like if I am weighing doing a risk benefit analysis Mm -hmm. um of going into the military and all i see about post-military service is that you have a very high likelihood for depression substance abuse suicide i'm gonna think long and hard about joining the military yeah it and and then if you layer on to that that it's not always necessarily the god's honest truth sure then that makes it even more of a problem yeah, absolutely. For I, I for agree. me to want to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was some of that, though, when I was joining. I remember my family. I don't remember any of that. Well, I so, remember 9-11 happening. Right. And seven days later, I was at the freaking recruiter's office with four other dudes in my high school class. Yeah. It, we, we, we thought, and it was because we were young, too. And maybe this is my age and maturity and wisdom and experience coming into play. I didn't think anything passed I'm going to put my feet on the yellow footprints. Yeah, and that's where I was. But I remember my family being like, hey, what about the Air Force? Oh, yeah. They're a little more successful. Were they trying to steer you, you know? a little bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there was some of that. Trying to give you some career advice. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in, in looking back, it's like, no, that, was, that wasn't bad advice. But I was like a dumb young kid. And I was like, I want to go on the yellow footprints. Right. I want to slay a dragon. And yeah. I want the, I want to <laughs> help the grass <laughs> grow dragon. green, baby. The dragon ad was one Dude. of them. Best so, ever. Oh, just, you know what? The other one that I love is um, the silent drill team uh, doing doing basically what's equivalent to the midnight parade oh, or the yeah, sunset yeah, yeah. parade across the entire all uh, whole mm-hmm. of United States of America. Oh man, that was such a good ad. I'm too. gonna join again. Yeah, <laughs> look out! Here I come. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. Well, that was. I'm glad that you did that rant because it's encouraging to me to let me know that we just need to keep going. You know, that we just have to keep going because, 
people re- need to know what the real the real back end of it is. Yeah, and I think that you know, for me and you, and you know, our small local community, our little bit broader community of the everyone that listens to this podcast, um, you know, it it. it it should be encouraging that we're making strides within our community and we should be proud of that because I feel like to a certain extent, somebody could look at the raw data mm-hmm. and just say, well, it's inevitable. Right. You know, if they're thinking about doing something like that, they could look at the data and be like, well, shit, everyone else did it. Yeah. It's inevitable. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And, and we want words of encouragement. We want to feed our mind and our body and we want to make a stronger, more resilient Force, even though we're not a fighting force anymore, yeah. we're, we're a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, you know, because veterans of our generation are are running businesses, they're running for office, they're doing a lot of things. We're doing a lot of good, and yeah, some of our some of our fellow service members need some help, uh, and that's never going to change. But you know, we're not these like pitiful, yeah, you know, people that can't do anything. Yeah, we got good shit happening. Yeah, we deal. We deal. Uh, this is one of the things that I wanted to talk about today because I have been I have been a ball of I get, I don't know that I would say I wouldn't call it nervous or anxious energy maybe just a ball of stressed energy. What's going on, bud? Today, in particular, well, it's so like layer it all on. Like I'm seeing really good positive business growth, which is great. Fantastic. Like in the last two weeks since we started the podcast back up, I think we're onboarding four or five. By my my most recent count, new podcast clients. Um, that's great. We've never you, had buddy. we've that's never awesome. had that many in such a short amount of time. That's freaking huge. I want to do a good job with it. So like I'm hyper paying attention to the process and the systems and making sure that it goes smoothly. Because yeah. all data will show you that whether it's an employee, a customer, whatever, a successful onboarding will equal a longer-term relationship. Yeah. So, like, I'm pouring a lot into that. So there's that business side. Do you have a, and I don't mean to interrupt, but, and this is, you know, something that can be discussed a little more broadly, too, but do you have an onboarding process? Do you have a, you know, this happens, and this happens, and this happens? Yes, I have started, I have systematized that uh, over the course of the last six weeks. Nice. Like, stopped and took time and said, here's what phase one looks like. We got to set you up. You know, this this gets this gets a lot of people touch a podcast for it to go from like what we're doing right here to what you'll see on YouTube or what you'll hear on Apple or Spotify. Like a lot of stuff has to happen there. Yeah. So it's like here's phase one. We have all these best practices to make sure that when your podcast is ready to launch, it goes off. It goes off smoothly. I would love to see you do like a little like video reflection slash testimonial of onboarding a client mm. eight weeks ago okay. and then the ones that you've done yeah. recently and just say, look, this is what a system that's does. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. That's Sorry, a good, good, mean no, 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 that's but. a good piece of content. I appreciate you giving me that, giving me that idea. Um, but yeah, systematizing that and then watching it and then delegating it appropriately with the people on our team. Like, if you're going to have any kind of a scalable organization, this is something that I learned from, from Garrett Harrell. Shout out to Southern Cross Leadership Solutions, who's a client of ours in the past. Um, like you have to have clear, a clear understanding of roles and responsibilities within your company, mm-hmm. but then also your customers need to have a clear understanding of what their role and responsibility is yep. when you're interacting with them. You know, sometimes it can feel like it's, uh, and, and I've been guilty of this in the past too, where it's like, don't worry, I'll take care of all that stuff. Right. And then that would lead to my kind of anxiety 
racing thoughts, can't sleep at night, because I felt like there was, it's just not possible to get to all the things. Right. Especially sure. with a young family. Yeah. Um, and, you know, aging parents. It's just all the stuff that everybody deals with in the real world. But, um, but yeah, so, so systematizing that and then making sure that it goes right is something that I've just been putting a lot of effort into. Um, my mom and dad, their house, if, if we're close and we're personal, you know that we bought a farm in Castle Hain in 2021. Mm -hmm. And we started building a house that was like the craziest construction project ever. Yeah. They should be moved in by the end of next week. Fantastic. So it's like I've got like I'm we're at the two yard line with that. Yeah. But, you know, it's difficult. My, my dad's a Vietnam era veteran. He's dealing with the consequences of aging and all of the 30 years of his military experience. So yeah. I don't have much help from him. And that makes my mom really anxious. And sure. so it's like I'm kind of the I'm going through a weird thing, Brandon, where it's like I'm transitioning now to where my dad is no longer the most important person in our family. It's kind of becoming me. Yeah. I'm like the linchpin, it feels like. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if that's real or perceived, but that's what it feels like. Um, so I'm kind of dealing with that. Um, my wife's business is going gangbusters. Love it. So, But that keeps her very busy. Yeah. You know, and so it's like I want to be emotionally supportive to her in all of that. And that's just like another little piece of yourself that you have to give. Yeah. And then the kids are near in summer camp. So it's like, holy crap, we're going to have to deal with a totally new schedule in four weeks. Sure. We got probably should start planning for that. Oh, and we're trying to build our house too now. So it's like just a mountain of shit, but I feel like I'm handling it well. Um, what do you, what do you do when you feel over, like what's your, do you have something that you do on a daily or weekly basis that's for just for you? See, I've gotten away from that, and that's where I need to get like back to. Like historically, it's been exercise and fitness, whether mm -hmm. that's getting in the gym, um, doing. I love to. I used to love to do kickboxing and jujitsu. Mm -hmm. My body's a little out of shape for it right now, but I can see myself wanting to do that. That's a barrier, though. That's a self-made barrier. I, oh, I know. You can't. You know, you can't have that mentality. Six-inch problem. Yeah, six-inch problem. Um, you know, I got, I've gotten out to the beach a lot more. I've gotten good. to surf a lot more this year, which has been really, really good for me. Really radical. Um, but like trying to dis, yeah, I understand that I need to discipline myself some more of that time for me to be able to do those things that I like to do. Um, and I've gotten, I th maybe I've gotten into somewhat of a little bit of a bad habit of letting like all the other stuff kind of take priority over that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I feel like especially when, you know, you're running a business, um, you're, you know, you have a a little bit more flexibility in your schedule. And so while your wife's schedule is a little more rigid, so you're kind of running the, the household things. Um, and, she, you know, she's the breadwinner anyway. Yeah, she, dude, she wears the <laughs> pants. If you know my wife, Jenna, yep. you know what you get with right. her. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're helping your parents out, your family out. And so you're you're dedicating a lot of a lot of time and a lot of time in your schedule to other people. And, you know, I think that it's good for us to all have a little bit of time in the schedule for yourself. Yeah. Just, you know, doing something you like, even if it's taking a walk downtown on right. the boardwalk or going and working out or going to the beach, going surfing. I mean, it sounds like, you know, like the old mentality was like, Oh, I'll sleep when I die. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, I don't need all that stuff. No, you do. You, yeah. You, everyone needs that. And you know, it's, it's tough to, be on all the time yeah and it's tough to like turn it off so like to find a time where you carve it out i mean like me i get up at 
you know, 445 just so I can work out in the morning because I know that the rest of my day is going to be like packed. Do you find in uh, do you find that you go through like periods where to use a, a video game analogy, you're like holding down turbo mm -hmm. and then you bust through that. Maybe it's a plateau or something or you just bust through a really big schedule and then you make some time for yourself. Oh, dude, on a weekly back basis, yeah. weekly basis, like two weeks ago, uh, you know, Twice I stayed in the office till one and was back in the office. Uh, one a.m. One a.m. Oh wow! Okay. And I was back in the office at set like seven six thirty seven. I want to I want to know as a follow on to that. Continue. I want to know as a follow on how you and your wife work through that. Together. Yeah, and then so um, and then like last week and part of this week, it's been like I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna take some phone calls, do some things, I go in the office at ten. Mm -hmm. You know, so like I try to like give myself. And that was part of the reason why I want to go into business for myself is because that I can have some flexibility with right, my schedule right. and that time that I lose with my kids, uh, I want to be able to get it back, you know? And so like those mornings where I'm kind of just like answering some emails, taking phone calls, you know, it seems like you're kind of loafing off a little bit, but like my kids are stoked because I'm home. You know Dude. what I mean? They just like, whenever you're gone all the time, yeah. they're like, daddy, this is awesome. Let's That's go. so well said, man, because Madeline, my, my oldest, my four-year-old, like somewhere there was like a transition between like her. She's your oldest? I mean, my youngest. I'm sorry. My youngest. <laughs> Never show this to my kids. My youngest, Madeline, somewhere like between like three years and 10 months to like four years and two months, there was a hard transition. Like she had some behavioral difficulties at yeah. school, like a kid who was never in trouble. She stopped napping. Um, she was just out of character. Sure. And I think a lot of it probably had to do with us moving out of our rental house and kind of moving into our camper and being out at the farm while construction was happening. But it was having negative consequences on her. Yeah. So I was like, forget it. Fridays and Wednesdays, she's staying home with me. Yeah. Because she was complaining, I don't like school. Sure. And it was drop her off at 7.30 and pick her up at 5. And I could just see that she was worn out. Yeah. So what a huge and amazing benefit of being self-employed to be able to go, no, I can rearrange my calendar enough yep. to where I get to spend this time with her that I will never be able to get back. Absolutely. And it's important for her life and her development too as well yeah absolutely. Um, and we've seen dude she's a, di she's a different person since we started doing that like i understand kids change and they develop and i'm not saying me being home has been the only reason why she's better no but it, but it plays a part yeah it plays a part absolutely yeah I, I was at a conference a couple years ago and it was the first time i ever heard like so like they had like this panel this mastermind panel and so there was a couple attorneys up there that have been in the business 40 years and they're just like the major billboard lawyers, you know, they, right. they make so much stupid money. And uh, the panelists asked him a question that you could tell they'd never been asked before. And they're like, what was your work-life balance like? And like a couple of dudes like scoffed and they're like, well, my kids ate lobster for dinner. Yeah. And, you know, I just didn't ever see them grow up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That was the replacement was yeah. like, here's all the, the money here's and all the, the things. things. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a couple lawyers who were like, yeah, you know, like I like to, um, you know, I like to try to balance it when I can. And then there was a, a female attorney up there that she'd been practicing for about 20 years. And she was like, you know, she was like, I'm really happy because that's the first time I've ever heard uh, like a, a man be asked that not to like make it like a sexist thing, but the fact that like our society has put so much pressure on, on us men mm -hmm. to like, just like figure it out and like catch up later with your kids that yeah. like I, you know, having kids now, um, you know, two girls just like you. And I can't imagine not being 
you know, I, I can't be fully there. Right. But like being there, like when I can. Yeah. And, and the power of self-employment is just incredible. It's funny. Yeah. I get stressed out because I take them to school every morning and then I make, I make it a priority to be able to pick them up in car line, you know, at three o'clock on at least three out of the five days. And it's such a pain. It's I a mean, pain because in Because that's the such ass. a weird time. It is. You know, and like my, you know, my kid's involved in jiu-jitsu now. My wife's starting to get involved, and I'm making it really important because that's my thing. Right. And they want to do it. Right. So, like, they'll do, like, 445 classes, mm. and I'm like, i got to rearrange my schedule. PM, you right? Know, PM. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, PM. But, like, yeah. you know, like same thing with a 3 o'clock pickup. Like, mm-hmm. it's a really inconvenient time. Especially if you're trying to grow and scale and run a business. Absolutely. Because that's, like, two and a half hours worth of, you know, quality work time, whether it's you're doing sales prospecting or team building or administrative. Like, yeah. those – that – but guess what? Time you get so your invaluable. ass up earlier yeah. and you make it up on the front end. Or like I was talking about when I stayed till 1 a.m., you're asking how my wife deals with that. I So I, I came home about 7, mm-hmm. helped put the kids to bed, had dinner with her, spent a little time with her. About 8 o'clock uh, or 8.30, almost 9, she was like getting ready to go to bed. And I was like, hey, I'm going to go back to the office. Yeah. And went back to the office for another four hours. Yeah. And so like I still, even though like I had all that work to do, and when I was home, I was like, thinking about all of it and stressing a little bit, yeah. it was important for me, you know, to, to put my kids down and to mm. try to, try to be there with my wife yeah. because, you know, she was bummed out and called me at midnight. Like when are you coming home and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, Hey, this is just part of it. Unfortunately. Yeah. And she understands that. Um, but I try to make, I try to do that stuff. So I'm not doing that on a Saturday and Sunday if I don't have to, uh, or if I've got like a, you know, I was preparing for a case that was coming up. So, um, but yeah, you know, you just you get it done, but you need to make it. In my opinion, your family's got to be an important piece of that because, at the end of the day, the business can go to to crap and fall apart. But you know, your family's going to be there to pick you up. Yeah, yeah, and if it does, I, you know, like I I want to say I have a healthy fear of failure. Yeah, but at the sa- at the same time too, like if you fail at something, so what? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> who gives a shit? Just go try again. Yeah, just absolutely. Fucking get up and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and try again. How many? I don't know the statistics. Don't fail at being a father. Yeah. Or a husband. Yeah. Make that your non-negotiable failure. Yep. All the other stuff, it's okay if you screw up at it. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. You know, you failure is something different to everybody. You know what I mean? Like you know, you could not make a benchmark and call yourself a failure or your entire business can go belly up. Guess what? I don't know the statistics, but a lot of businesses do, but as long as you're there for you, yeah, businesses fail. So you're there for you and you're there for your family Mm. and, and you still have that drive and that will, guess what? You'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean that, and, and I feel like that fear of failure is what keeps people from going and starting their own business from, making that next step to making that next move to trying to get the promotion, you know, it's just that fear of failure and they just stay in this bubble and and, Hey, more power to you. If that's what you want to do and that makes you happy. Absolutely. But if you're, if your fear of the next or the unknown is going to keep you, you need to figure out how to overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to note that not everybody is built like you and I, there are some people who are like, I'm, I'm in this cocoon, I'm in this bubble, and I feel very, very safe, and that makes me very, very happy. If that's you, embrace that. Dude, there is so so much comfort in having a W-2. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't remember what it's like. I don't either. But, like, (laughs) you know, like, you know, when when I first went out into business, I was like, huh, I got to save more money just in case. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you don't know if you're going to have an off month. Because, like, when I was a W-2 employee, I never did the – 
like the Dave Ramsey or whatever financial planners tell you, like right. save three months worth of work. Yeah, I was have, like, I'll always have a job. Your, your three months of emergency, yeah. like savings, and then in a business, apply the exact same principles. Have three months worth of your operating yep. capital in a separate account that you don't touch and have a separate tax account where you're putting 10% in yep. every year and paying your quarterly estimates because, God, the taxes suck right now. No, but there's so much there's so much comfort in that, and I understand why people do it. But if you have that mentality and you want to get out and do it, mm-hmm. you know what what was your what was what was the fear you had to overcome when you transitioned from working for somebody to working for yourself? Um, the fear that I had to overcome, honestly, dude, I didn't have I didn't know what to fear when I did that. So I was like uh, blissfully ignorant, yeah. as you might say, on going into it, and I prepared really, really hard. Um, and I talked to a lot of mentors that were like, if you're going to do this, like have operating capital, mm-hmm. um, have good you know, systems and processes in place as best as you can. Um, what, my, what my hindsight is to myself is like I should have known the, the market. No, not so much the market. I should have known the product or service that I was providing better. That was, but I mean, how do you really do that until you experience it? Like I'm such an experiential kinesthetic type learner that I have to be doing it to really be able to understand it. Like I could talk to you about sales process all day long, but what am I selling and how am I selling it? Sure. You know, like you got it, you got to learn that part, but like it just, to succinctly answer your question, I don't know what I was scared of. I know that there are some things now four and a half years into it that I have a healthy fear of. Um, when you when you there you know when you have a couple opportunities where you're like it's Tuesday and mm-hmm. I got to pay people by Thursday and my operating account is suspiciously low but I can hustle really hard over these 48 hours to yeah. like hey your invoice is outstanding like I, you got to go get some money in to make sure to cover that um, like I have a healthy fear with that yeah Absolutely. I, I have a healthy fear with making sure that we can execute on the things that we're telling people we can. Um, mm-hmm. And so that gives me, you know, like what I need to go out and, and make sure that we can do that. Yeah. And I feel like having those processes and those systems in place will help you ease that fear because you know that you have dedicated time to execute on those actionable items. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you gotten? I got hooked on an Instagram ad for this Motion app. Have you seen it? Now your phone's gonna start seeing it because of a clone lookalike, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I downloaded it and I've been using it, and it's it's a really helpful tool. Um, because like when you're like if I take a phone call mm. and somebody's like, "Hey, I want to meet with you about this," or um, you can set deadlines, uh, and it organizes your, it uses AI to organize your calendar. So if I'm like, I need two hours of content creation mm-hmm. every other week to be able to fill, to, to fill my content reservoir, you know, instead of scheduling it through Gmail, I schedule it through this and it optimizes my calendar for me, but then it gives me the opportunity to track completed items, like track the, the, the status of stuff that I'm doing. Interesting. So, like, I'll put in there, like, I'll set a reminder on the phone. I'll be like, hey, you know, schedule an hour of a budget meeting with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll put it optimized based off of our my, my schedule. And it learns as it goes. Do you follow that schedule? Dude, I try. I, I have try. every Monday I have a three-hour block where I'm supposed to research what content I want to shoot for the week mm-hmm. and then shoot it. Um, and... 
it's it's always it's always like me like catching up on emails yeah. and stuff. And yeah. I hate that I do that. And so I just recently like made a conscious effort to block out like twelve to one for lunch. Yeah. And it's also for emails and stuff like that too. But I don't know. I just find it hard. Whenever I see some downtime, Dude. I'm like, I got to catch up on work. I can't catch it, up on work or actually try to take some downtime. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me because on Fridays I have on my calendar 830 to like 11 for admin time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I don't do well. I mean, I, I've been staying on top of my emails, staying on top of my texts and calls and stuff like that. Wait, but you know, you, you tend staying on top of your emails. Yeah, dude. How many, Dude. and the, the reason I'm saying this, because I caught a glimpse of his iPad earlier. Okay. How many emails are in your Gmail right now? So, on unread. My, unread on my personal account, there's like 1,300. It was like 50,000. 1,300. So, let me tell you, TK and I were talking about this ahead that of time. That gives me so much anxiety. Dude, so here's, so here's my... Um, I'm at 52 and 45, and I'm, I'm here's, anxious here's, looking at it. Here's my work account, 16 unread right now. See, good. Good for so, you. So, yeah, but but up to, like, two weeks ago, it was a couple thousand. Because this was my side hustle email, right? So, like, right. I there was a lot of things that were old and I never opened, and it was, like, I think that was part of what was making me crazy anxious was that, like, that little red number on your phone, like, yeah. is designed to get into your head as an earworm and be like, something needs my attention. It's red for a reason. Red yeah. means emergency. <laughs> yeah. So, like, having 50,000 somewhat unread emails, I think, without me really knowing it, was like playing to this ball of energy and ball of nerves that I've been. Yeah. How yeah. do you, so how do you manage that, dude? Because you have a big social media profile. I've turned all notifications on my social media off. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have notifications. I make dedicated time to go check on that. Yeah, but but texts and emails, like if it comes in, sometimes it just like I stop what I'm doing to focus on that, and I find that that is not a good and healthy practice. I I went away from it. I bought it. I I I got a second phone. I got a work dedicated work phone. Oh, okay. Um, which my work email is only supposed to be on that one, not my personal one. But okay. I put it back on here because <laughs> I'm a, you know, I'm just saying. Because you were tired of switching from phone A to phone B. Right. Yeah. But that was the idea. Is like, hey, when I'm done, I'm done. But mm. like, when you own your own business or when you're a lawyer and, and and emergencies pop up, you know, I need to be able to be available. Yeah. But you know, I in order to kind of shorts, um, you know, to to stop that, a, a stopgap for that is that. You know, I have an answering service that answers my phones 24-7. Yeah. So I can get a notification from them, and they'll let me know, like, hey, this is an emergency, after-hours emergency. Which, by the way, you got a killer new phone number. I do. Yeah, I, I just purchased it- a new phone number. Uh, it's It should be active. 910-910-9010. I love that. It's just such an infomercial type of is number. Is it going to be on a bus? Am I going to see it on a billboard somewhere? <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 in that nine one zero nine one zero nine zero one zero. You know, I just wanted uh, I wanted something that was easy, um, something that was recognizable, and um, you know, numbers don't matter as much as they used to. But actually, one of the big things that kind of inspired me was that when I was down in Charleston, all the billboard lawyers down there have like seven 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 seven. Yeah, yeah it's it's all it's like one random yeah, continuous yeah, yeah, exactly. number. Yeah. So I was like, ooh, good for them. And yeah. I looked how much those are, like those kind of numbers. Are they pricey? You're talking fifty thousand dollars. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A buddy of mine bought a number with his, you know, like a play on words with his business, and I think he paid like twenty grand. Wow. 
I paid three hundred bucks for mine. So right. hey. yeah, that's hey. that's well worth it, <laughs> yeah, right? Well check. worth it, dude. Yeah. You know what just popped in my head? with that would be kind of fun. Is let's get you in the cowboy hat, uh-huh. holding like playing cards. That's a nine and a ten and a nine and a ten. Ooh. And then it's like, don't gamble, don't gamble with your, don't gamble with your attorney. Ooh. Call nine one zero nine one zero nine zero one zero. I like it. And we'll it. use playing cards to kind of get get the number out there. Well, and since I'm like trying to play on being Leland's only yeah. like lawyer litigation yeah. lawyer, I've been thinking like. LLL Leland's litigation lawyer nine one zero nine one zero nine zero one zero. We'll work it out. I'm now it's in now it's in my brain. I'm just gonna it's in the to, old it's, it's in the old, the old it's in the hopper group. now. Yeah, it's in the BHG. Um, yeah, so I think yeah that's that's played a good having having some calendar discipline. I think is really what dude. I had the, I came to an epiphany the other day. I don't I think it was Jen and I were talking. It was like if you can if you can discipline your time. And you can have good communication with people, mm-hmm. the most important people that you have to deal with, those three to five that you probably interact with the most. Yeah. If you can balance those two things, you can take care of like 99% of the problems yeah, that we face is time discipline and good communication. I agree. Yeah. I'm going to write a self-help book, and that's, like it. that's all it's going to be now. Hell yeah. Because, I mean, Heck every yeah. year they put out a new self-help book. Like, Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know... Yeah, I know. It's like I've read a, I've read my fair share of like self help books. You know, like your How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. You read that one? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was fantastic. Yeah, table six. Book. Table yeah. six. Yeah, yeah. And, and so like you know, there's all these great books, but like you're right there. Like there's so many coming out. There's always a new one. Yeah, let's just let's write our own. Yeah, write our well. own. Why the hell not, dude? Yeah. I mean, I've got like a, a stack of books from. Like people who have gone through self-published, like military guys that like have a transition help book. Not just seals. Not can just write seals. Book. Not just seals. Normal <laughs> people. Normal people. But more from seals than from yeah, non-seals. Right, 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 it right. seems. Which I heard like Goggins is getting like sixty thousand dollars for an hour-long speech. Jocko was like fifty-five, sixty. I get why they do it as a capitalist. I'm like, shoot, man. Good for them. One day of work, I'm getting paid sixty grand. I'm taking the next nine months off. Yeah, no, and you know, for me, not to be too much of a hater, but I can't read one more book about buds. No, because they all start with the buds. Yeah, and like I get dude, it. Was we important. were making sand cookies. Yeah, like, I'm like, dude, I've like I've, story. I've been to buds now. I've read yeah. so many of these books. I yeah. understand. Yeah, no, I want to read. Cool. I want to read the book from the guy that was like. I was at Camp Johnson going through admin school. <laughs> there I was. <laughs> I want that book. Yeah. I want yeah. that book. Give me a different perspective. My doc for my deployment was supposed to write a book at some point, but he didn't. No. So maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe. Maybe pick up the torch. Ghostwrite for him. Yeah. yeah. Or be like, yeah, why not? Why not write a book? I think it'd be funny. Just think- like kind of like the Jarhead style, you know? Like, yeah. That's why I appreciated that movie so much because like they just like about the downtime and yeah. the. Recreational the dumb activities. stuff that happens, yeah, 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 in between in between gunfights when you get into them. On but occasion. I feel like that's less appealing for your average viewer who wants very to, small market for yeah. that. Like they want to see like the Marcus Luttrell type right. stories, not the hey, I was in a portageon. <laughs> somebody sent somebody sent me a meme, uh, and it was basically that. It was like you'll never see a more dangerous group of people than Lance Corporals with free time. Yeah, you know, like 100%. that is you're just asking for something crazy to happen yeah yeah you know um yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta respect the ingenuity yeah you know when you're bored yeah what, what you can figure out what to do i just noticed that we basically match dude we do. black yes. black 
trucker hat turned backwards, blackish shirt, and then you're wearing silkies. Are those sungas? These are uh, Amazon brand. You really? Know, just the five inch inseam. You're going to hate me when I tell you this. This is Lululemon's five inch inseam. Good for you, buddy. I Jenna, like that. Jenna got it for me for my birthday. I like that. I'm Good well kept you. man, dude. Yeah, they are. are great shorts. They look I hate that we paid $70 for them, but they're great shorts. I would have left that part out. but Dude, well, I mean, people already know. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, already that know. you're balling. But it was unreal going to the Lululemon. I'm not balling. Jenna's ball. My wife's doing good. That we went to the how many freaking people were in there buying $70 t-shirts and $120 sweaters. Like we left with this one pair of shorts. Yeah. But there was, I mean, all the Autumn Hall and Landfall families were in there, like with teenagers, just like grabbing stuff. I'm like, my parents never would have even let me look at this store, let alone walk in it. Yeah, man, times are different and things are more important. I think that's why going back to our conversation about spending time with, you know, those you lo- those who you love is more important yeah. than just the tangible physical shite. Yeah. You know? Having having less is becoming more. Yeah, yeah. Which is great know. to see that pendulum kind of swing back away from materialism and Absolutely. the pursuit of ambition. So what what do you think something important for someone that's looking that that started a business, running a business, maybe they've been running a business for a long time and they don't have that time. They they have all that stress, but they don't have that relief. Like what what Dude, do you think? I put it's so funny that you asked that question. I put on LinkedIn maybe last week or something. Um I think it was two Mondays ago. Um a young business owner that I've become friends with. Like I frequent their business regularly <clears throat> and he and I have become friends. Um, I went out there. It was like first thing Monday morning. I was probably his first customer on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, young guy, like t- mid, late 20s, maybe early 30s. I don't know how old he is, but he's, but he's in there. And they've been in business for five years. And he like came out to me and, you know, uh, we started with the usual chit chat. But then he put his hand on my shoulder and like kind of looked down in a way and was like, hey, can I talk to you about something? And like I got the sense that this was not going to be your normal, like his True. body language. So yeah. He's kind of like choking back tears. And he's like, um, you know, I told him that I exited the insurance business and I told him all the reasons. And he was like, this was a couple weeks ago. And he's like, dude, you said something to me a couple weeks ago. And like I'm dealing with it in my life right now. Like it's Monday morning. He's like my significant other partner, girlfriend, fiance, I'm not sure how committed they are, but he calls her his significant other. Um, like the demands of the business are interfering with my relationship with her. Mm. And I was like, bro, been there. Here's what I did. I, I started with calendar discipline. Like let's remove these things that I hate doing that I don't have to do and that are creating whirlwinds within my day. Let's free up that time. And then let's make sure that her and I have more time to communicate on the things that are very important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been great about it, but we're trying. We're trying to where uh, date night every six weeks. We've kind of determined that six weeks is like our, our okay, we both feel like we need to just like sure. look each other in the eyeballs over some sushi yeah. and have two hours without our kids crawling all over us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, making, making time for that, making time for a family adventure, weekend adventure, once every three to four months, mm-hmm. and then having a vacation to look forward to. Yeah. Whether that's nine months down the road, 12 months, or 18 months is pushing it a little bit, but having something on the schedule where we've booked a vacation to yeah. look forward to. 
Um, if, we do, if we do those things, and we're just kind of getting in the habit of it, but if we do those things, we create time, and then we communicate more frequently, it's just made our life better. And so I told him that same thing. So that's, that's how awesome. I'd answer it. Like, yeah. take inventory of what you hate doing. Don't do it anymore. Prioritize making time with the people who you have to, you have a relationship with that you want to maintain that relationship. Yeah, and then talk to each other about stuff. Yeah, that's great. great Just advice. talk to each other about it. Yeah, that's great. So, what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I would echo most of what you said. Um, you know, partly, I feel like the demands of business for me, um, what I've not gotten used to, well, I've started to get used to now and start embracing is that that admin time that you need, um, the admin time that is required, you need to build that into the schedule. Yes. And even though you're not going to make, it kills me because I'm like, I've got X amount of time I have to spend per month on the administrative stuff that I could otherwise be billing, you know, billing on or, or having client acquisition meetings and, and that sort of thing. And so you just have to embrace that. And once you've carved out time for that, um, you know, it's just like every other aspect of your life, carve out time for yourself, carve out time for your family, carve out time for, you know, if you don't have a family, you know, carve that extra time out for yourself again, just yeah. so that you, you have a balance. Cause if you're not balanced, then your business isn't balanced. Then your customers aren't balanced and your products not balanced. All these things, you know, goes out of whack and that's how people kind of spiral. And yeah. it's important to have people around you, whether it's friends, whether it's family or, or for me, both that balance me out, you know, and, and, uh, like, you know, even just on air, you and I talking about things, you know, we're oh, like, helps, Oh, that's dude. great. You know, yeah. that, that's a good idea. You know, that's a good idea. And so, yeah, it's, it's, this is, this important. is part content creation slash, uh, business development, but it's probably more therapy. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. For me personally. Absolutely. And I know it's therapeutic for people who listen to it because they reach out and they tell me. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, I was dealing with that. It's good to know that I'm not alone in this. Yeah. You know, and so, to, you know, just to wrap a bow around your question, like, don't don't keep that stuff to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to have a peer group or a coach or a mentor, somebody that you just trust and vibe with to go much like this guy did, I need to talk to you about something. Yeah. Like I am holding on to things and I need to let go of them and I want and trust and value your opinion on it. Absolutely. And you calling like this therapy, like just rapping or even like VBC, like meeting with like-minded people is, is my therapy. Yeah. I've, I've, I've tried therapy and I didn't like it. And did I you? get, I get yeah. it through like meeting with friends and meeting with, you know, mentors and business partners. That to me is more therapeutic than, somebody that's just waiting for a clock to tick down. What did you not like about therapy? I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't know. Like for yeah. a guy that talks a lot, I don't, yeah. I don't like talking about myself. No, especially when it feels like somebody's just sitting there asking you questions and like digging into you. I totally yeah. understand. I actually freaked out on somebody the other day because they, they gave me somebody I know, like, and trust, but it was like 20 questions in a row that just went deeper and deeper and deeper into granular yeah. detail. Yeah. And I'm like, I got this. Right. I don't I don't enjoy explaining myself to that level sometimes yeah. with people. Yeah, you know, therapy has its place and I, I certainly think that if if people think it could help them, they should do it. But my personal experience, I've had a couple bad experiences, like one when I was in the Marine Corps, mm -hmm. like I went and, you know, just didn't vibe with the therapist and then I tried again 
I don't know. I just like I thought it was something that I needed or something that like I saw people benefited from it, right? Yeah. You know, like you see somebody drinking a bunch of water, you're like, well, maybe I should drink some more water. Yeah. So like I see all these people going to therapy. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I should give it a shot. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I just bitched my friends. Yeah. And like you know, but but like also have things like jujitsu, weightlifting, yeah. things that are therapeutic to me. Um, you know that it's not necessarily paying somebody to listen and yeah. prod you for that's, questions. I mean, that's why part of the reason why I bought the farm and like why we're putting in a garden and doing homesteader stuff. It's like I enjoy chopping down trees. Yeah. I like having a chainsaw in my hand and going ring, 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 and doing stuff like that. Yeah. Or you know, that's a good. Oh, you, dude, you I find it. so much peace in that. I yeah. find so much peace that's in awesome. that. Like every night, uh, we try to. This is one of the things that Jen and I do too. Is like, you know, if you're. Uh, a young person with a business and a young family, shoot, even if you're an older person with a young family, you get this. Time is mostly dedicated to your kids. Mm -hmm. Free time is mostly dedicated to the survival or, um, <laughs> or the, um, uh, to the benefit of your children. I don't know yeah. the word I'm trying to look for. Like the progress that needs to be made, developmental right. progress that needs to be made, whether it's school, it's activities. You know, it's the getting to bed, it's the getting wake up, all that stuff, all that shit goes in, time goes into your kids. So after we get the girls fed, uh, Jen and I just go walk around the farm for a little bit. That's Garden, awesome. mess with the chickens, just try to talk, and it is crazy therapeutic. That's just to awesome. be outside and put your hands in the dirt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you know, with all the stress in life and, and dealing with your kids, it doesn't help all the stress that comes with kids. And, and also the stuff that you can't, you know, we were talking before the show that, you know, at one of the local high schools, they found a, you know, a, a gun in a yeah. kid's backpack and that's terrifying for a parent, yeah. you know, like for me, I'm like, you know, I want to have a meeting with, before my kids start school with a school board and be like, why aren't we having a single, like, why don't we take a tactical approach to this, have yeah. a single point of injury, everyone goes through a metal detector, you know, why, why are we allowing this to keep happening? Yeah. You know, we need to take a tactical approach to this instead of just debating on, whether or not you know people should have boomsticks, let's let's actually take a proactive approach at this point to to protect our children. Yeah. And, and to me, you know, it's just it's scary that's happening in our community, and that just adds to the stress of not only like living and working, but like you know raising kids and ensuring that they're in a safe environment even when you know they're not around you. Ron Holmes, VBC member, former Signal Fire guest, has had great stuff on that, mm -hmm. like school safety and school security. And I will tell you this as we as we bring this episode to a close, two things. I never felt better about dropping my girls off at school. I think it was on Monday because Johnny of yeah. Shield Jiu-Jitsu. What's his last name? Martins. I only call him Johnny Jiu-Jitsu. So he just got out of the Navy. Right? He just retired? Still in. Still he, in. Okay. That post him, was a little misleading. I was like, DD214? He's like, been having at. So he just did his last enlistment. Okay. He just hit. Oh, got it. He just okay. hit 18 years, so he just did his last enlistment. Because he put that, that, you know, that thoughtful pose yeah. up on Instagram of somebody who would no longer be. And I don't have time to read everybody's <laughs> captions. Right. I'm just like scrolling and double right, tapping. Right. He's been answering that question a lot. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he was our community safe resource officer at the girls' school on Monday. Nice. I Just to stand in for the day. But I was like, hell yeah. I I feel good about him being here. Yeah. Um, but then my eldest daughter last week, uh, she was like, I don't want to do ballet anymore. I want to do karate. And I said, can we do Brazilian jiu-jitsu? And I showed yeah. her like all of his Instagram stuff. And she's like, great. So we're trading in ballet slippers for a gi. Let's we're going from go. ballet to BJJ. Let's and I think go. there's a t-shirt in there somewhere that we need to work out like with it. Johnny of like, you know, for the kids, for the, for the tater tot. Uh, yeah. program or turtles yeah. pro whatever turtles. Yeah, mini turtles, turtles and mini turtles. turtles program yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's got going over there at shield uh brazilian jiu-jitsu where you train at so yeah you know you know it, 
it's been an I, I'm sure people get annoyed by it, um, but it's been a, an important thing for me because it's therapeutic for me. But it's also, you know, my kids are getting involved in it. My wife's getting involved in it. You know, we got Johnny's got some all ladies classes going, some I need to kids be classes. One. Yeah. Yeah. You, you finally get a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's important to me because, you know, um, your kids need to know how to protect themselves. Your spouse needs to know how to protect them, yeah. themselves. Uh, you need to know how to protect yourself, even if you never use it. Hey, it's a good workout. Stay it's therapeutic. Still gotta stay vigilant. Get around some good people, and you know, as we talked about last time, so much of what we do as veterans is centered around you know bars and alcohol. Yeah. Which, hey, you know, I I love it just as much as the next guy, but it's nice to be in an environment where it's physically demanding. You have to, um, you know, use your your mind. You got to problem solve on the fly, and there's real tangible results, uh, both good and you know positive and negative. Mm-hmm. If if you don't do the right things, you know you're gonna get choked, and yeah, <laughs> or you're gonna choke somebody get, out. and get a new voice and get a new voice out so of if you it. want a new voice, come to jujitsu. Maybe next week, next episode, we'll talk about that because the further and further I pull myself away from alcohol, and the more and more I put myself or try to put myself into things like that, the better I feel about being able to manage all the stressors. Like I feel like if I was if I was feeling the weight of all of my responsibilities like that I'm currently feeling and there was still alcohol involved in my life in some capacity I see how I see how it doesn't end well for people with it I really I get it I understand that um, but here's, it's, at the same time my, too if you're going to do it more power to you just control it yeah and here's my my sort of smart ass comic relief to that um, I I quit drinking for about a week leading up to my Charleston um, tournament yeah and Saturday, I lost. And I didn't play. So I said, you know what? F this. I'm going to have a beer tonight at dinner. And then I won the next, next day, day, baby. baby. Woo! Uh, <laughs> sponsored by Coors Light. The, the Banquet Beer. The Banquet the beer. beer. I love it. Brandon, great episode today. Good episode. It was good talking to you. We missed yep. Matt, but you know he needs He'll his be back. time off. He'll be back. He'll be back. He's on vacation. I hope you guys uh, were okay with without us, but... He was here. In he spirit. was here in spirit. Matt's always here. Maybe we can. Maybe we can do like the Obi Wan Kenobi Yoda, Ooh, yeah, like superimposed, yeah. right? Like hologram Matt yep. for the whole episode. I just hear in the back of my head, "I'm already there." I just want to get. If we do the hologram, I just want to get like the images where he's totally lost and he's like yes. not saying anything. He's just like, <laughs> "What's going? What are we talking about right now?" When we refer to something that happened after 1989, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. just gone. He's he a little has, bit fuzzy. He has that. no concept of it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of signal fire radio we hope that you enjoyed it if you did make sure you like and subscribe to us on our youtube channel look us up on social media we're at signal fire radio on instagram port city attorney you can also follow me rob renz and until next time please go out feed your mind strengthen your body enrich your spirit and grow your tribe and go be a signal fire in your community we will talk to you next week